Jenna here. Welcome back to another brew session with Marketing Essentials. I'm joined, as always, with my fabulous co-host, Jessica. Hello. Brew session is your chance to join us every week with your favorite brew, whether that's a cup of coffee or something stronger, as we discuss everything digital marketing. So in our last episode, which was part two of our website series, we talked about website design trends um, things that are popular right now and ones that never really go out of style. This week we're going to dive further into the question that everyone always seems to ask when it comes to websites. So what do you think it is, Jenna? Why do websites cost so much and are they really worth it? In today's episode, we are diving headfirst into this very topic. We are going to tell you why it can be hard to give an exact price for a new website, but don't worry, we'll still give you a general range. And we'll also explain why it's so important to have a website that works for your business and how you should compare quotes from different agencies or web developers. So let's dive in. With any big investment, whether it's buying a house or a car, the price is going to range widely based on what you need, the size of the site, the complexity, and more. We can't give you a 100% guarantee answer of your website will cost X. I don't think anyone can do that. And if they do, they're not really considering your needs as a company. But what we can do is start to give you some ideas of a range depending on the needs of your website. So you can expect to spend anywhere from about $10,000 to $12,000 on the lower end depending on how complex the site is, how many pages it has, the cost could grow upwards of $100,000 or more. But keep in mind, that would be a pretty large and complicated website. In pretty general terms, the simpler or smaller the site, the less expensive it tends to be. So here are some of the key factors that impact the cost of the site that will pull you from either that lower range up to that higher range. First, as we just mentioned, the size of the site in terms of number of pages is going to be one of the biggest factors when determining the cost. More pages usually means more time in copywriting and development. The more time spent, the higher the cost. So that's pretty straightforward, right? So the second consideration that is going to influence cost is the complexity of the website. What do we mean by that? A website build becomes more complex as you add on additional functionality. This can look like a number of things, but it could include things such as event calendars, job postings, image galleries, interactive portfolios, dynamic or conditional website forms, and so much more. To build a site with these requires additional plugin implementation and setup, or oftentimes it comes with custom development to achieve the functionality that you're looking for. But bottom line, if you're adding in these complex features on multiple pages, 
it's going to result in a more expensive site than if your pages are simply made up of copy with images, which is a lot less um, time intensive to create and implement. However, don't let this scare you away from including some of these things on your website. Oftentimes, these are what can bring you a lot of bang for your buck and help assist you in converting more of those qualified leads. This is where a marketing partner comes in clutch because they can guide you on the best strategy for your site and determine out of all that functionality, what is actually necessary? What can you skip over? And what may make sense to phase in over time as your budget allows so that again, you can get better ROI from your website. Third, the cost of a site is usually going to increase when you introduce e-commerce functionality. Again, this ties back into the discussion of complexity because when you're adding in products, you're setting up shipping ranges, you're configuring various payment gateways and so much more, there's usually a lot more time into both the development and then on the back end, the testing of the website prior to launch. So I'm sure all of you out there are thinking, wow, okay, 10 to 12,000 on the low end, but that's still a huge chunk for me to budget for something that essentially just sits there, right? Hey, we get it. Especially if you're a smaller organization, that's still a significant investment. And we get that, that's a big investment. So you just have to approach it as just that, an investment. If your website is built and maintained properly, it can act as an extension of your sales team. Consider how much you may set aside yearly for just one sales rep. Your website should be proving ROI if you're incorporating the right lead generation strategies into it. And that's a good segue, Jenna, into our next section. Um, we're going to talk again, we've mentioned this a little bit before, but I want to dive into why having a website is so important and, and why it's really going to benefit your business. And I think that'll help you kind of understand, okay, if I'm spending 10, 15, 20,000 on this website, this is the reason why I'm gonna spend that and the, the value I'm gonna get from it. So I'm just gonna go through a couple of things that having a website can do for you. So first of all is exposure. Whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not, your customers are online and your potential uh, customers are online. Um, your competitors and any comparable companies in your industry are also online. So if you don't have the online exposure, you're missing a really important opportunity for selling and for getting um, your name out there. And the second point is talking about your brand or reputation. So if you don't have a website or if someone goes to your website and it just looks really outdated or doesn't work very well, people are going to make assumptions about your brand, how it operates um, and how it treats customers. And those assumptions may not be accurate, but because so many people um, are, doing, are doing research online and they find that website, that is what they're going to think. So even if you don't need to make your sales online, maybe you're already, you're doing fine, you don't need to add any more sales, you still want a website that shows your company's brand and culture um, and, and help people understand it better if they're searching for you and they come across you. Uh, Jessica, I think that's such a great point that you nailed on you know, hey, I already have, I'm making enough sales. I don't need any more business. So why would I need a website? And 
again, you nailed it by saying that brand, that reputation, that exposure, so many of those things are just as important as making the sale, especially if you're going to set yourself up for that future success. Yeah, and I think anywhere that you can um, influence or help people better understand your brand or kind of um, correct brand assumptions that you want to do. So if you don't have a brand presence online, you're not going to be able to do that. And then the other thing that Jenna touched on earlier, the website, a good website, I should say, is almost like an additional salesperson or that additional point of contact for potential customers. So if you do want to increase revenue and, and you're looking for those new leads, your website is going to act like that salesperson without you having to pay a salesperson, um, send a salesperson to a trade show, do prospecting. The website is doing all that for you. And finally, there are obviously a couple of other reasons that every business should have a website. Um, just at a very basic level, it's there to provide information. Maybe someone wants to come uh, visit. If you have a brick and mortar store, they want to call you. Um, and again, as we talk about pulling in those new leads, it might attract an audience that you've never even thought about before. Maybe uh, you know, you're a local business, you're just kind of serving a certain area but if you have an online presence, people can find you from really anywhere and you might ha have a new market um, that you've never really thought about before. So when we talk about all those points, I think it's kind of obvious that even a small business or a business that serves a small local area could really benefit from having a website. And let's just jump back to price here a little bit. So based on what Jenna said, um, and again, kind of keeping in mind all these things that can change the cost of a website. How do you know what is the right price for you to spend or what, which agency should you partner with? And we'll go through a couple of these. So the first thing, as we alluded to, you always want to keep the total value of the website in mind. You're not just getting an online brochure. You're getting something that will help you make sales, um, help customers understand more about you and kind of just make sure your brand presence online is what you want it to be. As you're vetting out different um, agencies or web development professionals, kind of keep in mind, do I like working with this agency? Do they know, you know, do they understand my brand and, and what we sell? And this kind of is another point, <laughs> beware. I think Jenna, you could also speak to this, kind of beware that friend or family member who knows how to do web design. They might, they might understand how to do this site, but are you going to get um, the value that you're looking for with them? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jessica. And I know we touched on this briefly, I believe, in our part two of this website series. But while you oftentimes want to give that project to a family member or friend if they have the quote-unquote knowledge for it, they often are giving it to you for a lower price because of what is going to be pulled back on the strategy end of things. So while you may be saying, well, hey, I can get this for 2,000 instead of 10,000, that's a huge savings. Well, well, yes, that is correct. You gotta think about what is the 2,000 actually going to get you and what is it getting you long-term? Because if it's not set up with a strategy in mind and it's not helping you, uh, get leads or recruiting new employees, 
you might as well not spend that money in the first place. So again, be very cautious when choosing friends or family. That's not to say they may not have the expertise because you could have a really great contact that does have that experience and can bring that strategy, but just be open to the idea of considering other options. Yeah, great points, Jenna. Um, and I think the other thing I would say is even if you're saving money up front with a web project um, that appears to be cheaper, think about, you know, is this going to cost me more money in the long run? I know we've worked with clients who at the time, you know, had a website set up quickly for them, seemed to work. But then when we go to work on it, we find all these issues in the back end, things weren't coded properly. Um, so I guess what we're trying to say is just be picky when you're choosing a person to create your website and just make sure um, they really know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's another great point, Jessica, because I, I think oftentimes companies may opt to work with a friend because they know, okay, well, I have my friend that can do this. And if I go find someone else, will I offend them that I didn't go with them? And I think you just need to put your business first in that instance, which is easier said than done. But, you know, if it's your company, your business, you want to set it up for success the best that you can. And your family or friend um, is not going to fault you for doing that. So I think you should just be open to that. Yeah, great suggestions. So kind of going off of that, when you're looking for the right person or the right agency to create your website, um, it's okay to shop around and compare quotes. Definitely we encourage that. Um, you want to be able to find an agency or a person that you really, really, again, understand your business and that you feel really comfortable working with. So again, I just want to reiterate, don't just look at the total uh, bottom line cost of what the quotes are, but kind of look at the overall value of what you're going to gain with each of these options instead of just choosing the lowest. Um, and I think just sometimes just choosing the lowest price option might come back to bite you in the long run as you go back to, to fix things that weren't done properly in the first place. And going along with that, something I think that is really important that we really stress here at Marketing Essentials is making sure all websites are based on a really solid strategy. So what I mean by that is, you know, is the website set up in a way that actually specifically benefits your business? Um, does the person building it really understand your customers and what they need? I think this is really, we've talked about this before, but a website that just looks nice is a good thing to have, but it's not the most important. The strategy behind the website, you know, of why it looks that way, why it performs that way is really what's going to get you um, value and what your customers will, will find in it. Another piece, um, as a content writer, I think about this a lot, but as you look for someone to help build your website, is that person going to help you write or rewrite the content on the website or at least provide feedback on it? Um, a lot of clients come to us and they kind of think, okay, well, I have these brochures and this collateral, I can just put that online. But writing for the web and actually getting results from it is really different from just writing a brochure, um, you know, or an email to someone. You definitely want a professional opinion um, on, I mean, not only the tone and grammar and things like that of your site, but also, um, you know, is it going to convert people? Is it going to get people to take that next step? How does it make your brain sound? These are all things to consider um, as you're looking. And if someone is just a web developer, 
they may not really have that experience in content writing or content strategy. So again, that's something to look for as you're vetting out options. I think that's a really great point, Jessica, because oftentimes I think the content and the copywriting is what's sort of an afterthought for a new website design, especially if you know, you're fairly new to the process, you haven't went through this. It is equally as important, if not more important, than the actual design of the site. The copy is what is going to talk directly to your target audience and what's going to help them convert into a customer. So having a great design, again, trust me as a web designer, I love great web design. <laughs> I don't discount that. However, that content and the value that content brings is so important to a website project. So keep that in mind as one of the most important considerations when doing a website project. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's really important is I think copy and design should really work in tandem. Um, sometimes I know websites are designed and then they say, okay, we're just going to drop the copy in later. Um, but that doesn't work as well. I think the design, the copy should kind of be mutually driving each other. Um, and I guess kind of think about a website that is like beautifully designed and, and works well, that doesn't have good copies, kind of like having this beautiful picture frame with an empty image. You know, there's not, there's no substance there. And that's really what is going to help drive people who are using your website. And then the final thing um, to think about as you are vetting out different agencies or different people, make sure you really understand how their billing and how their pricing works. Um, and up, I think some people are kind of hesitant to ask about this, but that, that's something to really make sure you understand upfront. Um, you know, make sure you know, okay, what does this proposal include? Are you gonna charge for additional work? How are those items billed? Um, be really crystal clear on that. That way you aren't hit with any surprises later. Because if you're gonna spend this amount of money um, on a website, you want to know what you're paying for. I'm really glad you brought that up, Jessica, because I think between both the billing as well as things like, you know, personality fit, those are oftentimes just as important considerations as the design, the copy, the price, all of that. It's just as important because you want someone, again, who is a partner that you can work with. You want to be establishing a long-term relationship with them so that your marketing and your website strategy can evolve and adapt with your company over time. So again, if you're working, looking to work with an agency and you're not really comfortable with their billing structure or you're just butting heads with them all the time, that's a pretty good indicator that they might not be the right fit for the project. Yeah, and I think in the end, you just kind of have to go with your gut. You know, with sometimes with any with business decisions, you just in the end comes down to who I really feel comfortable working with. Do I want to work with this person on a regular basis? Um, do I like them? I mean, those are all sounds like small things, but those are all really important as you as you make this decision. Yeah, and one more thing that I just thought of is you want a marketing partner or agency or web developer who is not afraid to tell you what you need instead of always just agreeing to what you think you want. Um, while it is a partnership and as you know, a web development agency, we absolutely value ideas and input that our clients bring to the table. 
it is very important that there is that mutual respect that that marketing agency brings to the table. And again, they shouldn't be afraid to say, hey, I'm not sure that's the best idea. Here's what I think we could do instead to get you better results. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think we could do a whole episode just on understanding how to work with an agency and kind of speaking the lingo. Um, <laughs> that is a good point, Jenna. So sometimes you do have to take a step back and realize, you know, these people are the experts. I hired them for a reason. And sometimes they do know best. With all that being said, that's a lot to remember, I know, but we're going to add a link to our handy um, website quote comparison chart in the show notes. That way you can get a full takeaway of all these things to remember um, as you go about comparing different quotes. Awesome. Well, we will move on now to our house blend section, and we are going to talk about some things we're seeing trending in the marketing space. So first, Google reported that its ad revenue had declined for the first time in its 26-year history in Q2. However, YouTube did see some growth in ad revenue, ad revenue. So what this shows is that overall ad spend is down for many companies, which is sort of to be expected. However, that means it might be a good time for you to try out pay-per-click if you've never done it before. Um, you're going to see lower cost per click if you already have ads as well because there's less competition for it. So you can listen to our PPC episode to get more details on how Google advertising actually works and how you can begin implementing it. So another trend that we're seeing, but specifically I saw an article, it was about Adidas, is that a lot of these companies are drastically, they had drastically cut spending over the previous few months. Again, no surprise there with the state of the economy and COVID. But many of these companies are now using all of those dollars that they would have set aside in the previous months, and they're doubling down now in these final months of 2020 to try and get ahead of their competition. While COVID is still that ever-looming threat that everyone's thinking about, um, I think that as time drags on, companies are finding that, especially in B2C businesses, Consumers are ready to start spending some of their dollars again. People like to spend money. <laughs> so consider how you could capitalize on that and get an edge over your competition if they're not feeling comfortable maybe taking that risk or spending some of those marketing dollars again. Yeah, and I think this is kind of a time I've seen a lot of companies get a little bit creative in, in what they're offering. Um, you know, like what it, bikes are now like impossible to find. People are just snatching those up. Um, anything really outdoors related. So if there's anything, I think, in your company, especially like Jenna said, if it's B2C, um, that kind of relates to that getting outdoors, exercise, that seems to be something that people um, are really into right now. So just kind of a, something interesting to think about. Yeah, I love that idea, Jessica. You can, especially if you're B2C and you're selling a bunch of different products, really think about which ones you are strategically pushing and advertising right now. Because what previously may have been your top five best-selling products, you may be able to tap into some of those that aren't as well-known or weren't as big of a seller. But again, if you have something that's more outdoors-focused or, you know, things that you can do at home, try pushing 
some ad dollars towards those and really focusing your strategy on doing that because the trend is that people are gravitating towards those type of products right now. Yep, always look for those uh, random kind of strange opportunities sometimes. So we have a couple of questions from our listeners and these kind of again relate to our website topic. First one, I can kind of jump in, Jenna, feel free to chime in as, as you think of something, but question says, I hear a lot about mobile first design, but what does that really mean? And are more people actually visiting my site on their phone instead of a desktop computer? So kind of a quick definition first, mobile first design is just all about making sure your website performs well and works the way people need it to on a mobile device, not just a desktop. So that is basic stuff like making sure it resizes correctly, but also kind of more um, strategic things like does this placement or does this color or whatever work for people on mobile. And mobile first had become a big, I don't want to say trend or kind of a requirement really, that people now on the whole visit websites more often on their phones than on computers. And obviously a caveat to that is that might be a little different for your business depending on um, your industry, your customers. For example, B2B, most of the time people are still visiting um, sites on desktop. But the best thing to do is to check out your website's analytics and see how your customers are using the website so you can plan around that. And that said, it is really important to make sure your website looks great on any device. Even if the majority of your users are coming from desktop, if someone does come to your site on a phone, you still want them to take away a good impression um, and, and be able to use the site the way that you want them to, because otherwise they're gonna jump to a competitor site. Great answers, Jessica. So the second listener submission we had was someone asked, I don't know if I have thousands of dollars in the budget for a website. Is there any way this can be a bit more inexpensive? As we discussed above, think of your website as an investment. That said, we get it. Websites can be a huge chunk of change for any budget, especially if you're a small business. My tip is that you should be upfront about your budget with the agencies you're considering. You don't want to get all the way down this process, be sold on this agency you're a great partner with, and they're just simply out of your budget. You should be, they should be able to help you pare down the website to just the basic essentials that still give you a really great functioning website. And we've talked about this a bit before, but I know you're probably thinking, can't I just build it myself on a free platform like Wix? Short answer, yes, you can. However, it's probably not going to do you much good. A professional web development agency will help you strategically plan your site and write the copy that you need for it. Yep, good tips, Jenna. And I think, um, as we mentioned before, kind of think about your website as the long game. Um, you know, think, is this the site I'm going to be using or wanting to have in five years if it's just a quick, cheap site that I build now? Um, and trust me, sometimes when you do take that quick, uh, cheap option at the beginning and then you later want to transition to a more um, professional or complex website, it can be a huge pain to get everything transitioned um, and, and get that working the way you want. So just kind of keep that in mind as you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And something else I'm thinking of, as we touched on it a little bit earlier with considering how the agency who you're getting the quotes from, how they do their billing, et cetera, 
it's also worth discussing with them what type of payment plans do they offer. Um, as we're in this new state of things with the economy, we've seen this trend now with more agencies that instead of just one upfront, you know, $15,000 thing you're paying all at once, maybe see if they consider something such as, you know, I'll put down a set amount up front and then can I pay monthly for six months or, or a year? How can you work with them to make it manageable for you, but also you're still getting that great investment out of the agency that you're working with. So don't be afraid to have those open conversations if it's an agency that you really wanna work with, but you're not quite sure how you're going to swing that type of money upfront. Yep, that's a great tip, Jenna. And I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. You never know unless um, you ask if this is an agency or a partner that you really wanna work with. Um, you know, the worst they can do is say, no, we don't do that. So it doesn't hurt. All right, so that's all we have for part three of our website series. So if you haven't caught part one and part two, we really encourage you to go back and listen to those previous episodes for some other great tips on website design trends and things such as that. And be sure as always to tune in next time. Thanks for joining us.